Welcome to the Sports Marketing Huddle, a podcast that looks at all things marketing in the world of sports. I'm your host, Rob Cressy, founder of Bacon Sports and Crest Media. And joining me, the CMO at Laundry Service, a full-service marketing agency that does content creation, media buying, and influencers in one place, in real time, who was also named to AdAge's A-list as a top 10 agency in 2017. He is also the CMO at Cycle, a media company who works with brands and media agencies to evolve the traditional publisher model by delivering cultural relevance, meaningful engagement, premium content, and talent endorsements all as working media say hello to mike miko mike thanks for coming on the show uh hey rob thanks for having me that was uh quite an intro thank you so much well you certainly deserve it uh on today's show i want to talk about content and content creation and fan engagement and i want to start with this one of the taglines i see with cycle is make amazing shit I think a key word in this is amazing. I feel like most of the market, the sentence just reads, make shit. They're just checking off the box. However, when you add in the amazing part, it's a whole different ball game. So what should brands, both companies and personal, be doing to make it more amazing? Uh, it's, you know, it's the, the, the slogan or tagline or, or North Star, make amazing shit to us, just means when we create content, when we create experiences for brands or for consumers, we want to make sure that it's meaningful. Um, we think that in the marketplace that exists today, every brand not only competes with other brands that make similar products and services, they compete with any and everything making content. So, you know, if you're Nike, sure, you sell shoes against Adidas. But when you share content on the Internet, you're competing for attention f with other brands uh, that are related to you and not related to you. You're competing for attention with other people. What I like to say to, to our clients is when you create a piece of content that's made for social media, it has to be more engaging or at least as engaging as a picture of my, my, my uh, brother's kid or um, a birthday notification for my high school friend, right? There's so much content out there that you're competing with that brands have to break through the clutter. And in order to do that, they have to make really meaningful, impactful content that, that strikes people emotionally um, and, and truly adds value to them. And I would now say the same is true for not just social media, but all platforms. Um, you know, we're coming off, this is the day after the Super Bowl, and it's probably never been more evident what brands have to do to break through on TV. If you're watching... Um, you know, a basketball game or a football game, and it cuts to commercial. And the commercial is not as entertaining as the basketball game or football game that you turn the TV on for in the first place. You're just going to look at your phone. And if the content on your phone is not interesting, you're just going to swipe through until you get to something interesting. So there's so much content out there that if you're not striving to make amazing shit every day, then it's just going to fall by the wayside. Yeah, one thing that stood out to me from the Super Bowl commercials was that Visit Australia commercial uh, with Kenny Powers, uh, a.k.a. Danny McBride, and they made it look like a full-blown movie. And I was like, man, I can't wait to see this movie. And then they're like, oh, this is an ad for Australia. And without doing any digging, I still don't know if it's a real movie or a commercial or what. And for me, that was an absolutely great piece of content because as I was scanning the room where – 
uh, at the party I was at, everybody was fully engaged. They were laughing. And this was about a commercial. In so many commercials, we've been uh, programmed to tune out and just go right back to our phones. But now everyone's like, man, look at this awesome piece of content that I want to even continue to engage with more. Like, I want to see this movie. And then they're like, this isn't a movie. This is just a commercial. Yeah. It's, it, I, first of all, I thought there were a lot of brands that did a really nice job with uh, um, the Super Bowl yesterday. We had clients uh, of laundry service that we produced a spot for that, that did it really well. So I thought it was really good. Um, certainly some better than others. Uh, and, and I think that the, the Australia one was interesting in particular because movie trailers always do really well as commercials because they are entertainment, right? They're not trying to sell you laundry detergent or a soda they're trying to show you something really entertaining and so to tap into that insight and create something that feels like a movie poster or sorry movie trailer that you may want to watch and then and then use that attention grab to spin it into something that's still really funny and entertaining was i I thought that was really smart And, and like i said overall i thought there were a lot of brands that really recognized that for the super bowl they can't just talk about how cool their product is they have to create something that's truly entertaining or they're just going to be ignored So another thing Cycle talks about is premium, authentic content. And there are brands who certainly nail the premium side of things, but I feel like that's only one part of the conversation. There needs to be the engaging side so that it is a conversation and it's an area that I feel is solely missed. So how do you think that brands can tie their content more towards conversations? Because I feel it's so important right now. Yeah, I mean, that's that's been a really important job for us on both both companies, right? So Laundry Service is a full-service agency that uh, helps brands to define their creative platform, their their content, their distribution, et cetera. Cycle is a media company that creates some of the best content on the internet and, and offers uh, brands a way to integrate or, or um, create custom content with them. And in all cases, we're thinking about uh, how are we creating things that are authentic and relevant. So we use a lot of data to understand that. You know, what are people talking about? What drives meaningful engagement? What drives uh, conversation? You know, we obviously have intuition as marketers and creatives and content uh, uh, creators, but um, we still need data to sort of remove the guesswork. So once we understand what an audience really cares about, what, what drives them to engage and, and what uh, drives them to, um, to, to talk about something, it's, it's simply an exercise of understanding what's important to the brand and how can they enter that conversation in a meaningful way. And again, I go back to this word meaningful because we want, yeah, as, a, as a media company at Cycle and separately as an agency for laundry service, we're not trying to just fill the world with more content. We want to create things that are going to be meaningful to all parties, meaningful to consumers because they add value to them, they inspire them, um, they, they make them laugh or smile or think. And meaningful to brands because they enable it's content that enables these brands to, to stick out and deliver a message and, and actually see, um, you know, dr- drive a consumer through a purchase journey and grow their brand. So it, it's really about it's a roundabout way of answering your question, which is the way that you create more engagement and conversation with content is you use data to understand who your audience is and what they truly care about. And then with that as the insight, you develop a point of view for the brand that's relevant to that consumer. And then you create content that aligns with that point of view in that conversation so that you're not forcing a topic on a consumer. Rather, you are talking to something that is authentic, talking about something that's authentic to them. 
So being an NBA fan, I dig the show on Cycle, Get Buckets with Cassidy Hubbarth and Rob Prez, a.k.a. Worldwide Wob. Uh, getting buckets is not just about basketball culture. It's a lifestyle. And what I really like is the tone and punchiness of the show, as well as the willingness to include the fans. And I want to talk about user-generated content, asking fans to send in videos. How important is user-generated content in the content mix for a brand? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned Buckets. It's, um, it's one of our favorite shows. It's a show that we launched last year just with Rob Perez, who's been one of the biggest uh, basketball influencers on Twitter, and we really strive to make a basketball show that was really made for millennial culture and really internet culture. Um, you know, if you think about the way most sports commentary is today, it's like older men in suits talking about sports, whereas we've created a show that not just has uh, Rob and Cassidy two very smart, very engaging, very articulate people who are still aligned with the younger generation, but they just act and look like basketball fans today. They're more casual. They're not just talking about the game. They're talking about the Internet's reaction to the game. And I, I actually feel I'm biased, but I feel like NBA Twitter is the best Twitter. And so to create a show that really leans into NBA Twitter enables us uh, to lean into user-generated content. And, and in buckets, it's not always so overt, right? We're not always asking users to submit videos because that's a, that's a very heavy ask for a consumer. We're just understanding that people are sharing content on the Internet about basketball. That content drives culture, right? A viral post about something Chris Paul did or a meme about Steph Curry with a funny uh, caption gets shared across the Internet and, 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 and lights up Twitter. And all of a sudden, that's what basketball fans are talking about as much, if not more so, than the game. And so to have a show that is talking about basketball, the sport, and the, the league of the NBA, but also how it intersects with the, the consumer-driven culture of the Internet, that is something that's been really successful for us because it feels like a show, you know, for the people, by the people. Um, to answer your larger question of what's the role of UGC for any brand, it, it's different for, for both of our businesses, right? For laundry service, where it's an agency where we're advising brands on how to leverage UGC, it's always about what are the business objectives, who's the audience, how can we add value to them, are we doing UGC for the sake of UGC, or are we doing it because it's meaningful to the audience and the brand? And if it is meaningful to the audience and the brand, how are we doing it? Uh, how do we make sure that it's still premium uh, but authentic? For Cycle, uh, the, the media company, our, our way of, of, of leveraging UGC is really just fan engagement. We create content that we know people are going to be interested in, and as we share that content across our channels and we rack up the views and engagements, people comment on it, uh, people share our posts and provide their own sort of witty banter. And we're very proactive about retweeting our audience, sharing our audience's content, uh, engaging back with them, because it helps us to sort of create a culture of co-creation where we can put out a really interesting video and then someone can... Uh, you know, quote, tweet the video and, and add some other element to it that makes it go viral further. And then we put the spotlight back on that person. So it's a, it's a roundabout way of saying we're not directly taking users' videos and putting them on the Internet. We're not a content aggregator. We are creating our own content. But when that content gets picked up by our audience and they make it something new and unique or they add to it in some way, we spotlight them. 
I feel so many brands fail at that, and that's so refreshing for you to say because so much of, especially Twitter, I feel like it is just this megaphone where brands are telling you everything about what they're doing, but then there's no conversation to it. Like if you if you think about it, it should just be like a a heartbeat of a brand. There's you can see a person or a friend behind it, and your friends converse with you on things, and they retweet and they share and they comment. Yet I can't, I can probably name on two hands how many brands have actually responded back to me. And I get it. Brands are huge. They get tons of people uh, hitting them up all the time. But that doesn't mean that it shouldn't happen more often. And I feel like that part of fan engagement and marketing is missing so often. And I'm not sure why. I don't know if it's a, a risk side of things where... Uh, people don't want to stick their neck out there or if they're only concerned about themselves because I feel like the reward for building a community and thinking of it that way as opposed to just we're marketing to people will give you such better results. Yeah, I mean, I think ultimately if you're being thoughtful and meaningful when you create and distribute content, it, it's going to pay dividends, whether that's a brand or, or an individual. Um there's no point in creating content for content's sake. Uh, you might get lucky and content might get shared every now and then. Um, you know, you might have a post go viral, but whether, whether we're building a media company in cycle or we're advising brands as to how to act like a media company at laundry service, we're always going back to like, why are we doing this? Is it, is it important? Is it relevant? Is it meaningful? Should we be doing this now? Is it going to matter to people? So having those guiding principles allows you to take a, uh, a really quality over quantity approach and ultimately have more success. Should more brands become media companies or at least the, the principles of creating almost omni-channel content? Okay. It's, it's, it's become like the ultimate buzzword in the industry today, brands as media companies. Here's the reality. Regardless of how every brand acts, regardless of how every user acts in the economy of the internet, all of these things are media companies, right? Like if you define a media company as an entity that creates content with a specific point of view for a certain audience, right? That's how I would define ESPN. That's how I would define CNN, ABC News. And that's also how I would define every single person with their own individual Instagram or Twitter handle, right? You have your editorial point of view. Uh, you may not call it that as an individual, but that's what it is. You have your style. You have content that you create at your own cadence and you have an audience. So brands have the same thing. If you're a brand, you, you have your own channels in social media and your website. Um, you can go into other channels like television and out of home and print and experiential and whatever. But again, you have your point of view or you should have a point of view. You have um, content that you create and you have an audience. And so all of these brands have the opportunity to quote unquote behave like media companies. But the thing that makes it tricky is that the definition of a media company is also changing. And so the, the, you know, buzzwords aside and, and monikers aside, brands have an opportunity to think omni-channel and, and, and more so think channel agnostic. It's not about what am I doing on Facebook, what am I doing on TV? It's about what is the relationship that I want to have with a consumer? What's the dialogue that I want to have with a consumer? What do I want to be able to say to that consumer effectively? What do I want to be able to hear from that consumer? And then once you're aligned on that, there's a million channels. Email is a channel. Text message messaging is a channel. TV, experiential, movies, right? Sponsorships. There's a million channels. But it all starts with um, the, the meaning behind the brand and the, uh, the relationship they want to have with their consumer. So let's look forward. What's the future of branded content? What are you looking at and following? 
I mean, the branded content space has evolved greatly. I think it's, it's really exciting. I think that people, brands are starting to realize that there's no difference between content and advertising. Um, you know, you, you look at some of the content that we've created for brands like, you know, Nike or, or, or Hennessy, and you would look at it and, and literally ask yourself, like, was that an ad or did you just create that content to make really good content? And that's the point, right? You shouldn't be able to, to distinguish them. The, the best ad for brand X is really good content from brand X. Um, you know, the example we talk about here a lot is like the best ad for Netflix is, a show, is an episode of House of Cards. So, um, you know, brands realizing that is going to enable them to think a little more broadly about what their editorial perspective is. And I think that they're going to also be more thoughtful as to who their partners are, right? Where they invest their media dollars is, is increasingly important because, you know, the, the banner ads and pre-roll investments of the world are slowly dying because consumers ignore them and they're intrusive. Um, brands are looking for more innovative ways to reach consumers with the right content on the right platforms um, in a more native way. So the, the space is, again, I'm giving you a sort of long-winded answer. Where I see the space going is brands beginning to take pride in content creation and, and strive to create things that are meaningful and impactful rather than create content for the sake of creating content. And the brands that are succeeding in that now are, have, have been there and have been planning in this way and thinking this way for a couple of years. How should brands be thinking about using live video? Uh, it's another format, another platform, right? Like, again, I go back to they have to understand and, and brand has to think about what is the message they want to have um, to their consumer, what's the relationship they want to have with their consumer, uh, what's that dialogue, and then from there, there are many platforms and many formats at their disposal. For some brands, they do extremely well with live video. Some brands do really well with messaging or photography or whatever. There's got to be an underlying conversation there and an underlying strategy and point to justify all of these things. Um, plenty of brands did live video for the sake of doing live video. And I think there's, there's a benefit to that as well, right? Like testing and moving really fast and not being afraid to fail is a good thing. Uh, brands certainly tried live video in some cases, did well, didn't do well, learned from it and moved on. But for, for both Cycle and for Laundry Service, we're constantly thinking about what, you know, let's, let's, let's zoom out a little bit and understand what is the point of all this? What are we trying to actually achieve? And then from there, from there, what are the, the mechanisms in order to achieve it? Last question for you. How can brands effectively use influencer marketing? Uh, that is, um, I mean, look, that could be a, a, a podcast in and of itself, right? That's a very, very big topic. <laughs> of course. Uh, Cycle started years ago with a, an expertise in an, in an influencer practice. We actually represent thousands of, of influencers and athletes. We've built out proprietary technology to identify influencers and find the right partners for brands. And so we've sort of built Cycle as simultaneously a, a, you know, a, a, a media company that creates really great content for the internet and integrates brands from a branded content perspective and also an influencer practice. And there's obviously synergies there. Um, the way that brands can best use influencers is to, again, understand the dialogue that they want to have with their consumer and their overall goal and what they look to achieve. And then look at influencers as one of the many channels that you can, you can um, leverage in order to, uh, to, to reach and engage a consumer. Now, obviously, influencers are very different than, uh, you know, a brand's own channel or a, a, a TV spot. You have to not just think about the influencer as a, a potential channel, but you have to think about how you're being respectful to that influencer and thoughtful as to who you're working with and how you're working with them. But at the end of the day, brands should really program out the relationship they want to have with their consumer and uh, the way they want to reach their consumer 
through all of these media channels. We, we, we advise a holistic approach where you're reaching consumers with your own channels uh, through different media placements, TV, out-of-home print, experiential, retail, et cetera. And influencers are always a critical part of that because it allows you to deliver a thoughtful message from a trusted source. But when you go the influencer route, you have to be cognizant. These are people. They're not, they're not media placements. You have to co-create with them. You have to understand who they are, why they are an influencer, what are they doing that led them to have an audience and an influence, and how can your brand not just broadcast through them? How can your brand partner with them in a meaningful way that's going to um, be valuable for the brand, be valuable for the influencer, and be valuable for the consumer? Mike, I appreciate you coming to the show. Where can people connect with you? Uh, like like all the brands we've been talking about, I have an omni-channel approach. Uh, now I'm on Twitter at Mike Miko, um, uh, and obviously people can reach me at uh, uh, our, uh, either of my work emails. Um, the easiest one is probably mm, letter M, letter M, at cycle.media. Uh, that's where you can reach me via cycle, and the laundry service email is a little longer, so I'll leave that off. But um, appreciate having you, man, this, or, or uh, having the opportunity to speak with you, man. This is a lot of fun and uh, a big fan of the podcast, and, and uh, I hope this has been uh, insightful for, for you and anyone listening. Awesome. Much appreciated. <laughs>